Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Firm Returns Weekly. This week, I've got a few things to discuss. I'll just share my screen. Quite a few things to discuss this week, but I think quite a bit of it is sort of building up for next week, which is where some re- the, the big events are happening. Um, tiny build, well no, tiny build earnings is the the week after that but um some some releases of some some big games um and uh yeah we'll we'll get on we'll get onto those in a second but yeah let's just start off so we've got one of us discovery tiny build and aviva to discuss today so first thing i wanted to mention was there was a couple of new webcast recordings um available on the one of us discovery investor relations website uh, one was a uh, talk with david zaslav both were kind of question and answer type things with a, an interviewer is yeah, so, yeah interviews let's say that so one was an interview with david zaslav the ceo and the other one was the an interview with gunnar weidenfels uh the cfo and both were good they they provided quite different um covered quite different topics and perspectives and things like that so yeah quite complimentary quite a lot of stuff that was taken out taken out of both uh, i did mention a bit um in the last week's update about um the one with david zaslav that i was talking about uh with their putting news into um max and having live news on there and all that kind of stuff and talking a bit about sports strategies and and just generally um strategies for platform and things going forward with um gunnar there was uh it was yeah it was a bit more complimentary like i say they covered a few different other kind of topics quite a bit of talk about um because something that kind of david skipped over a bit the stuff that was happening david, that the interviewer asked about uh the the fracas going on between Disney with the ESPN and Chartered and the fact Chartered's basically taking Disney off their their channels now. Um so they gonna gonna actually um addressed that in a bit more detail. David's as I've kind of said, well, I don't really know the details of that, but um it didn't didn't talk too much about their relationships with uh, cable platforms and so on. Whereas um gonna went into quite a bit of depth talking about how they'd actually uh broke successfully brokered deals with chartered in the last 18 months or whatever and and all and they'd done many many such um deals and it all been going fine and they were happy and they're providing they felt they were providing more value than they were charging um so both parties were were happy and so on um anyway so yeah it was uh yeah some some good stuff in there with both of them worth listening to so there's a link here for that uh we then had um as i mentioned i think last week i was going to see the nun 2 uh, which is one of the films in the conjuring franchise the conjuring universe um which by the way is the highest grossing horror uh franchise uh ever so quite Quite a nice um asset to have in the stable of one of us discovery there. And um 
it's continuing to deliver. They had, so in its opening weekend in the US, it made $32.6 million. Um, so it's put it ahead of the the third of the you know original Conjuring films, most recent one, um, with The Nun and Annabelle and what have you being more sort of spin-offs. Um, the original sort of trilogy of films. Uh, so the third one, which is The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, which I thought was a great film as well. That came out in 2022, had a quite a big impact from the pandemic. So it's already on a steeper trajectory than that, doing better than that one. So you kind of see on this graph here and um, the comparison here, the Nun 2 versus Conjuring. So close to 50%, maybe 40% higher than that one in its opening weekend. I was looking to do better than that, but it still is suffering a pandemic hit. Uh, well, uh, the industry, as I mentioned here, the, the industry hasn't really fully recovered uh, to pretend. It's still tre- hovering around 75% of pre-pandemic levels. So um, it, that is definitely being evidenced in what we're seeing, how we're seeing these movies perform. So um, if if you factor that in that, 25% drop. It would have been more like 43, 44, I think, um, uh, of, of what it would actually have done if it had been potentially released pre-pandemic um, in its opening weekend. So that is, uh, yeah, assuming that 75% is roughly accurate. So that would have been a bit closer to um, the original, the first Nun film, which actually did fifty just just shy of fifty four million in its um opening weekend. So um but yeah just to give you an evidence of of how real this impact is, this film was actually, I think, significantly better than the first one. The first one was a bit of a was pretty naff. Um didn't wasn't very well reviewed by critics or fans. Um second one much better, something like 73% fan rating which um which i think is yeah i definitely agree with um yeah, it was a, it was a very strong film just like the uh the third country film same director coincidentally between the two so yeah a very high quality film but it didn't do as well as the first it isn't doing as well from the current trajectory as the first one and that is largely just what we're seeing from the pandemic impact but maybe this this means that it'll do better in later windows so even though it's not maybe doing as well at the box office um it might end up meaning that there's going to be more people paying to view it uh, like i know evil dead rise is like a trending film on amazon right now and people as in people are paying to to rent that or buy that movie on amazon um prime video right now so that's um an example maybe of because that film uh Evil Dead Rise, I've got on this chart here in this comparison as well, did similarly to the third Conjuring film. Very, very similar, actually, trajectory. Almost exactly in line with it. And so, um, and yeah, and the opening weekend was like $400,000 difference. <laughs> very close. Um, yeah, so that just being, yeah, I think these films would have done a bit better. But something that is interesting, though, having said that, was this uh from a another uh studio this one being being paramount uh the scream six the sixth screen film um 
feeling much closer to the a nun's performance, even though that came out this year as well. And was a pretty good film. It was I don't think it was as good as the previous one, but Scream Five, but um by the by. Um so yeah, it just shows that yeah, maybe I guess they're there fear of them or something like that. There's um less dilution of the franchise or whatever. Um, or they have, they have a longer history, I guess, because the original screen films go back a long way. Same could be said for The Evil Dead, but maybe they're not as popular, as, uh, not as culturally iconic as the screen films. Um, anyway, yeah, I'm getting off track here. So it looks to be doing quite similarly in performance to the latest Insidious film that was released this year, The Red Door. So that came out just... Uh, couple of months ago and it seems to be doing very similar opening so maybe we can kind of see expect a similar trajectory and that one did a worldwide box office of 186 million so that maybe is kind of the rain the ballpark we might be expecting for this one evil dead rise did about 146 million worldwide box office but like i say evil dead rise is the a very high trending movie, I think trending higher than Insidious the Red Door, which is also available on on um on demand right now to, to rent. So I think there is um it you know these movies uh, they don't cost that much to make anyway. Um twenty to forty million that kind of range we're looking at here I think is uh pretty representative. So they, they make really good returns regardless. So so anyway, yeah, pretty happy with that. But it is an interesting picture, an interesting insight into the film industry. But it, I have to say, though, I, I think the quality of the film was was very good. Great direction. I think that the director they've got on board there. I hope he makes some more in the franchise because uh, they've got a good, good guy there. Um, yeah, and it's kind of projected to do about fourteen million this weekend. I think um, from from the numbers dot com their models. So moving on. Uh, we've also got this is uh, one of those big uh, releases coming next week that I was talking about. We've got Mortal Kombat One, which is set for release on the nineteenth of September, so uh, Tuesday, I believe that is, and it's already gaining a fair amount of traction from pre-sales. Um, and you can see right now it's already the number five top seller on Steam. And the number it's the number fiftieth most wishlisted game on Steam as well. And bearing in mind that you know this is a game that's probably going to have a bigger player base on on consoles than it would on PC anyway. So um, that is quite a quite a good thing to see at this at this stage. Um, yeah, and and the other thing, the other stat we have right now is that if you for players who um, bought the premium edition which is as we'll get onto the price in a second a pretty staggering price players who bought that are already able to play the game um a week early so they've had about uh three or so three or four days of being able to play that game already and currently we're getting uh that gives us some uh daily active like player counts and the peak and current player counts have consistently been above twenty thousand on Steam uh, in the last few days since launch. And I think the peak was the first day was twenty six thousand. So that's concurrent again. Uh, so that just gives you an idea of the 
kind of sales they must have already done on this game. Um, been the definitely up in the hundreds of hundreds of thousands already. Just in the the pre, just with the people who pre-purchased the premium edition, and uh, yeah, just to give you an idea of the prices, the premium edition, which I just mentioned, is eighty-five pounds. So add about twenty percent to that in dollars. Uh, and the just the standard edition is sixty pounds. So, and this compares to in twenty nineteen we had the Mortal Kombat eleven, which is the previous game in the series, which sold about twelve million copies over the two years following that, so up until twenty twenty one, the end of twenty twenty one, um, and that game sold for about for forty pounds for the standard, and I think it was. They called it the ultimate edition was the, the pre- version of the equivalent of the premium. Now it's £50. So even the ultimate edition was ch- was £10 cheaper than the standard edition of this game. Um, 20% you know, different, more expensive just for the difference there. And then with the ultimate one, it's a massive difference of £35. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, this is, this is largely down, I think, to Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom doing selling it for £60 or $70 or whatever. Um, and that's kind of set the precedent now. That's set the, the baseline, the, the the benchmark level for AAA releases. So all you can expect all releases from now on to, I think, be trained of that. And it's kind of a bit of uh, some money was probably left on the table there because Hogwarts Legacy came out before that game. And they, I think, they were doing that for 50 quid. And um, if they'd released it after Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom, they probably would have ended up being able, players probably would have been prepared to pay 60 because then that was what they saw now as the price of of these kind of AAA games. So <laughs> potentially some money left on the table there, but certainly future releases, I wouldn't expect AAA games to be going for less than 60 quid now. Um, uh, yeah, which is somewhat a shame for players, but <laughs> obviously uh, good for the the game developers. Um, but yeah, hopefully you get your, hopefully players consider they get their, their money's worth. They put, these games are giving them a hundred hours or more of playtime. It's probably not, probably not too bad. Um, but yeah, so that's coming out and I think, yeah, that's, uh, we should hopefully see, well, and the other thing is we've probably got a better marketing, uh, capability in the overall company, as we've seen with Barbie and Hogwarts Legacy and stuff like that. So might end up doing better than uh, Mortal Kombat 11, um, potentially. And we're talking, like I was saying, even just the 20K. <laughs> and then remember, it's going across all platforms simultaneously. So it's already launched on Switch and Xbox and uh, PlayStation So as, as well. So people who pre pre-ordered the premium editions or whatever have already got already got access to it on those platforms as well. So that's eighty-five pounds copy for for probably across all of them. It could be they could have I wouldn't be surprised if they've already sold over well over a million copies. because uh, it's number five top seller Steam already. Wouldn't be surprised if they're selling over if they've already sold a million copies across all those platforms and it's not even not even launched yet. So very good. Um, yeah, and that would be gross revenue of like, uh, yeah, 85, 85 million there. But obviously, 
take off cuts from other platforms and so on. But could be could be a a billion dollar one. We'll just have to wait and see. Certainly with the price point and so on, it gives it the potential. Could be a billion dollar game, just like Hogwarts Legacy. So we'll, we'll see how that goes when it's launched next week. Um, yeah, and then we've got an update from Tiny Build. So we've got the interim results release and investor call has now been announced. So I've been talking about uh, this the last few weeks. It's now been announced. It's going to be um, on the 26th of September. So not next week, but the week after. And there'll also be um, a, a investor call held uh, open to any any invest any. Oh, I don't even think you have to be an investor. You can you just need to fill the details into the form and uh, sign up to Investor Meet Company, which is the platform that they're doing it on. And you can tune in and ask questions and so on. Good good idea to preload your questions. Um, it has to be done at least a day before. Otherwise, um, you're less likely to to get it answered because just the, the number of questions that already have gone in. Uh, so yeah, preloading your question is probably a good idea if you've got any, but obviously we won't have had the results announcement until the day. So there is that to consider there. Um, but yeah, that'll be for the six months of the first six months of 2023 up to the 30th of June. That'll be the period that's covered in those results. So it wouldn't, it won't include any of the um, the big successful releases that we had um, over the summer, Punch Club 2, um, Iron Future, Black Skylands, well, none of these games that came out will, will really be included in those stats there, so in the figures there. So might not give us the best picture of how the company's done this year, but I'm guessing they might mention some information about the sales figures for those games and things like that um, in this update, just to as as their guiding for the second half. Uh, but yeah, you can sign up uh, via the link I've done there, which is also if that link doesn't work, go via their website, look in the the news, and you can look at the latest news thing, which is an update on the results release and in investor call. You can just get a link to Investor Meet Company where you can sign up there. So another one. Uh, Another bit of news. We've just been given the release date for the highly anticipated versus evil release, Broken Roads. Um, and this game is going to be launching. Yeah, so this this release date, uh, they released in a trailer, released an announced trailer that had a, uh, I think close to five hundred thousand views on YouTube. It was um, quite a big, quite a big trending video. Um, and this. And the, and the date that they've announced is the 14th of November, and this is going to be on PC and Xbox. Um, yeah, I don't think it's in any, I don't think it's in any uh, Game Pass or anything like that. I think it's just going to be um, for sale on those platforms. But to give you an idea, when I say highly anticipated, the game is currently uh, 153rd in the wishlist rankings on steam and it has 14,084 followers so you could be looking at very similar numbers here um you're looking at very similar numbers here to i am future it's probably the closest example co uh, comparison we've had um so that would put it at um probably like 150,000 plus wish lists um at the time it launches that's probably how i'd expect it uh the kind of numbers i'd expect and so you know, a good number of that you'd expect to convert in the first week or two. 
Um, and then, yeah, and as with those other games, they ended up growing their wish list to over 200,000 after a couple of weeks as well. So even though they converted those early ones and got the good sales, then a lot of people were wishlisting it to buy in the future in a sales or something like that. So, yeah, it's looking very, very high potential. It will be a good, as I've said here, I think it will be a good test for the publishing capabilities of versus evil compared to tiny bots you've got a game that's got a very similar setup in terms of wish lists at launch and followers and what have you and we'll just have to see whether um they're able to get that initial momentum and deliver on the the publishing side of things they obviously have done pretty well to to market the game and get it it's kind of attention around it so we'll have to see um how that gets delivered at launch and how much of that they're able to convert into to sales. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see. So I'll keep an eye on that. Um in November. And still got a fair amount of time for them to market it and, and build it up between now and November, the 14th of November as well. So a couple of months. So yeah, it'll be good to good um good test for versus Evo as a publisher. Um, and then finally on Tiny Build, got wanted to mention that we've got next week on the 22nd of September, uh, which I think is next Friday, we have the first like major DLC for Cartel Tycoon coming out. And this is a pretty much a, seems to be similar size to the original game from what I've sort of seen. It's a brand new large map, 12 regions or something like that. And uh, new brand new campaigns and all sorts of new characters to play and stuff like that. It's a, so it's a really big addition to the game. Um, and yeah, like I say, the largest update the game has received since its version 1.0 launch in July of 2022. Um, and so it's, and, and the previous updates as I can, you can have a look if you look on steam DB at their active uh, player activity graphs you can see that every time they've done a, a release in the past of a, a new update um most of them have been sort of free updates but quite have added content to the game or made changes they've driven quite a big jump in traffic which means people have um gone in have been drawn back to the game and, and if they're paid ones bought the, the expansion and so on and so this one, yeah, we'll have to see if um if it does a similar thing. I think given that it's the game still has a decent number of concurrent players um every day, comfortably above a hundred every day, um, sort of peaking a bit higher and obviously varies at weekends and so on. Uh, and then when they've done previous launches, just uh, updates it's taken out well over five hundred or whatever. So um I'll have to see how this one how this one does. Obviously, if you do have a big spike in players, that means they've sold a good number of copies of the dlc as well and we don't know what the price is going to be yet um they haven't disclosed that so it'd be interesting to see how they price that um when they launch it next week but yeah so i have to check back in in a week or two and see um and see how this dlc is done see whether it's driven uh driven up the traffic for the for the base game as well and then finally, I wanted to mention some some news for Aviva. Uh, so Aviva has just announced the sale of its stake in Sing Life, uh, which is a Singapore life insurance um, company that it was, uh, 
I think had about 25, 26% stake in and plus um, some debt securities held as well. Um, and yeah, they, they're selling it to Sumitomo Life Insurance Company for total proceeds of 800 million pounds, which is split between 500 million pounds for the debt portion and 300 million pounds for the, sorry, 500 million pounds for the equity portion for the 26% or whatever I said. And the three hundred million pounds for the for the to buy back the company's debt. Um, so this, yeah, I think this seems like pretty good, a pretty good deal to me because Single Life only contributed about seventeen million pounds to Aviva's operating profit in twenty twenty two, which always had to be like a forty nine times. Um, I think as what I calculate, if you could for the eight hundred, maybe a bit less. It's about twenty or twenty nine times. Yeah, it's between something between thirty and forty five or fifty, something like that kind of range. Certainly, even at the base multiple, it's still close to thirty times what they, um, the operating profit contribution it made um, last year, and. Uh, the combined sort of carrying value of the debt and the equity on Aviva's balance sheet that they were, you know, contributed to the NAV, um, now asset value for shareholders, uh, was 729 million. So the 800 million figure is obviously above what they're holding on there as well. So it seems like a pretty good deal. And I think, um, the stock actually jumped a bit on the news. So, um, analysts, investors, whatever seem to be pretty happy with it as well. So, yeah, it's good to see doing a bit more consolidation down to there. Not consolidation. Um, yeah, these divestments are reducing the portfolio down to there. Just the core, the businesses, the most profitable ones. So yeah, I th I think that is going to be it. We've got a few things to look out for next week, as I just mentioned. Um, yeah, so i will get back to you all next week we've probably had a look at those two game releases will be the biggest things mortal kombat one mm -hmm. and maybe the sam rafaela dlc see how that's helped out cartel tycoon um yeah and whatever else comes up during the week yeah so i will see you all in the next episode